Hello and welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope that this message from our lead pastor, Graham Hislop, both empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annersbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Good to hang out. If we haven't met before, my name's Graham. Uh, and Rebecca and I, she, I think she's in the kids' ministry at the moment. By the way, a very important thing goes on every Sunday while we're in here. Kids are getting ministered to and looked after, and uh, we love it. We really love it. Okay, are you ready for this? Um, oh, yeah, big welcome to anyone who's here for the first time as well. So awesome to have you here. Uh, we start, as Jared said, a brand new series today that I'm personally so excited about. I actually quizzed my kids on the way to school on Thursday or Friday. I said, hey, guys, because because in the lead up, like trying to hear what God's saying and trying to hear where God's leading, I try and do a little bit of a test, a little test here and there. And with the kids, I was like, guys, tell me, who was the one that Jesus promised he was going to send a gift? Who was the one, guys? This is why we're driving to school. And one goes, was it John the Baptist? I said, Oh, no, no. They go, oh, uh, Moses? I go, no, no. And I said, hold up. I think I've asked the question wrong. I thought, you know, I probably phrased it wrong. I said, um, who was the gift that Jesus promised to give us? The, the gift. And then, and then someone goes, oh, was it, one of, it was a disciple, was it? And you know how people start turning questions, answers into questions? It's so clever. And then I go, okay, guys, sorry, I think I've stuffed this whole thing up. I've really asked it the wrong way. I, okay, who is the person that Jesus promised to give us as a gift? And Saskia goes, I know, I know who it is. It's Brent Lieberzeit. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, actually, if you don't know who Brent is, he's kind of a big deal around here. Uh, but Jesus, but Jesus didn't promise Peter. He didn't pre- promise Moses. He didn't even promise Brent. Um, Jesus promised the Spirit. Over ninety times in the New Testament, the phrase "the Spirit" is mentioned. Over ninety times, in 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 variations and different wordings. And we seem to know a lot about God the Father. We seem to know a fair bit here about God the Son in the in the person of Jesus. But I don't know about you, but I, I feel like sometimes we're a little bit like back-footed when it comes to the Spirit. I mean, some stuff's happened along the way in the name of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit, that I'm not entirely sure is pure Spirit work. There's, there's kind of things. I, I kind of like the analogy of Elon Musk. Do you know who Elon Musk is? There's a few hands. Okay, if you don't know who he is, he started PayPal, sold it. Um, he started Tesla, still owns it. He started the Boring Company, which the Boring Tunnels under the roads of LA at the moment for extra transport. You can like take elevators. He also wants to go to Mars. You know, this cat is also, by the way, holds the world record for creating billion-dollar companies. There's no one in the world who has made more billion-dollar companies. And so we know about Elon Musk. We we kind of we get a perception about Elon Musk. We know he exists. But he's also a bit weird, isn't he? He's just a little bit weird, you know? And I think that's the way people often feel about the Spirit of God, that he's an eccentric part of God, you know? And, and also on that note, an optional eccentric part. So like, well, I grew up in church and saw some people doing some random things, you know? Some ra- in fact, on this note, it's kind of weird. I don't know why you did it, but I affirm it. I try to affirm who people are. But why did you bring a tambourine to church? Just bring it out. I just thought 
I thought as I was singing in the worship, I thought, sorry, that was not my wrist. It's been since the 80s since I used one of these. Um, but there was a lot of things that went on in church. Why do you have this? It's brilliant for this moment, though. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I will dance before the Lord. What? Some of you had a flashback to 1973. That's exactly what happened. Ironically, this was good, but do you remember the, the demons were in the drum kit? You remember that? But this was fine. Like, whatever. Um, and the, the worst thing was when someone turned up to church with one, right? But they had no timing. So they're like, on the one? Oh, no. Like, on the three, please. And then um, something happened. But, but I, think the, I think that we think the Spirit's like this. You can take it home with you. You can glue it at home with you. I mean, is he eccentric? Is he optional? We heard of him as wind. We read of him as fire. Is he Captain Planet? Like, what is going on? Like, what are we dealing with? Seriously. Well, let me reassure you. It is not, he is not eccentric. The Spirit of God is not odd or weird. He is not even ignorable, and he's not optional. I believe the Holy Spirit is absolutely essential. Um, one of the great descriptions about the Holy Spirit comes from Jesus himself. That's a really great place to start. I'm about to read a text to you, Scripture. Jesus was uh, very, very close at this moment to being crucified to fulfill the work that he had been sent to fulfill. You know, on the cross, when his blood was spilt, we took communion. Um, this really important phrase for anyone who's serious about following Jesus, okay? If you're serious about becoming a disciple, better word is an apprentice, to become, you're becoming. Like the goal here is not attending a great service once a week and doing your prayers, okay? That's not the goal. This is what we do. God's given us this gift of doing this together so that we can do the other part of the more serious work of following Jesus, which is what? Becoming like him. Like, like, that's the goal. You're not watching people who have somehow become like him. The goal God has for you is to become like his son, to conform to the image of his son. And the beautiful thing is, no one, no one has one kind of take on what that image looks like. We have some characteristics for sure. But Jesus, he was going to go to the cross, and this is the phrase, I want you to remember it. He was going to the cross to do the finished work. So all of the law was going to be fulfilled through this um, sacrifice on the cross. And now we would no longer be under law, as Paul wrote, but we were going to be under grace. Favor for undeserving people, which I am one of, if not the most undeserving. So he's got an audience of 12 disciples. He's going to do the finished work, the cross. He's going to commission them then, after that, to take that word out to the ends of the earth, to take this message. So before he does that, here's the little manifesto. Are you ready? John 14. Guys, if you love me, Keep my commands. I'll, I'll paraphrase that because you lose that in the law again. Oh, okay, so if I love him, I'll obey. No, it's the other way around. You're going to obey so much better if this whole thing comes out of love. It just flows out of your heart. So I will ask the Father, and he's going to give you another advocate. I love that word another because we're presuming Jesus has been an advocate too. So we've got a second one. But this one, he's going to help you and he's going to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. 
world cannot accept him. Now that phrase, the world, is just anyone who hasn't yet um, made a commitment and actually given their heart to Christ. If you haven't done that, you're still part of the world. But if you've done that, you're not part of the world. You're in the world, but you're actually part of your heavenly family. Heaven is your home. Your heart is in heaven. That's what is going on. So anyway, they don't see him. They don't know him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Wow. He won't just be somewhere you go on a Sunday. He'll be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. Before long, you will not see me anymore. So this is now the manifesto. So I'm going after the cross. I'm going to go. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. All of this I've spoken while I'm still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, not just weird things, not just quirky religious things, not just eccentric things, all things, hello, and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Now that word advocate is a beautiful picture because it just means someone who comes alongside. So if Jared came up here and he was going to come up, he'd come alongside. You've got this, I guess, support. You've got the structure. It's a heavenly structure. And Jesus hit on something in that verse saying, well, I'm going to go to the Father, but this advocate's going to come alongside you and listen to it. You're not going to be alone. And he used this really powerful phrase, you won't be an orphan. And, and that orphanness is not that you were born without family, but I looked it up and it actually means to be without a father or without a teacher or without a guide. So all these disciples were seeing Jesus as a father figure, like, like a uncle, brother, like, a, like, like someone who was teaching them the way of God. But he said, well, it's all good because I'm gonna send you out another helper, the Spirit, and, and this is the, in a nutshell, are you ready? And I'd love you to think about last week and the week before that. I'd love you to just, to just to jog your memory of the days and the nights and the afternoons and the mornings and just think about it. I wonder if this is what it felt like for you, if, if it's what you knew. You ready? That you're gonna feel like I'm with you. It's gonna be like the same as what it's been like because I've been with you, but because I'm sending my spirit, it's gonna feel the same. You're gonna be like, Jesus is with me. You'll be like, oh, yeah, he's here. I can't see him. He said that. But it's like he's with me. That's the spirit, guys. Not Elon Musk. Not weird. You know, in all respect to him, I'd, I, maybe I haven't met him good enough. You know, but, but he's not odd. He will be like to you the very presence of Jesus being with you. The very, it's like, oh, Jesus, you're with me. Yeah, because he's doing that by the spirit. In the early 1990s, right? There was definitely some of this weird tambourine stuff going on. And um, not it's a metaphor, you know, in case you're wondering. Like, there was just some stuff. And it wasn't just in our tradition. There's other traditions as well. In fact, there was a term that came along called chandelier swingers. People who would be like, oh, have you heard about that church up the road, the chandelier swingers? What does that mean? It meant that they, someone went to a service and it was like they were, it was like they were just so, so unabandoned and so crazy. And it was like they were swigging all over the ceiling. And I don't think people actually were. You know, the bearing weight load off a ceiling is not going to work, is it? Okay, whatever. I just think way too practically. But, but, but the metaphor was, oh, they're just loose and crazy. And then in other traditions, it's like you walk in there and it was like, where is the spirit? Woohoo! Like, like, okay, so we've got these extremes. We've got like, like, like just, and that was kind of going on in the very early 90s. And I'll tell you where it happened was when we had guest ministries come through. 
Um, and so, I, and, and look, it wasn't every Sunday, it was just moments. And I remember at about the age of 12 or 13, okay, get this, growing up in church, I thought to myself, if that's the spirit, then I don't really want to go there. That's, honestly, I'm telling you the honest truth. I thought, I don't, I don't really want to be weird. I'm weird enough. <laughs> and who knew I was going to get weirder and weirder, amen. Because I'm going to peroxide my hair next week too. You know, it's like, do it. Is it painful? I heard you had to do it like 13 times. So anyway, I drew, a, I drew a line that said, well, that's all I knew about the spirit. The, all I knew was that this kind of weirdness or oddness, right, eccentricness. So I drew a line and said, I don't want to go there. Plus, anyway, at the time, there was some things going on in my own personal soul that, to be honest, was not actually that whole and that good. Okay? Odd consequence? Probably not. So anyway... I go through that, and then in 94, Bryn and Viv take it on. The elders set a very clear direction, and then the Holy Spirit turns up in a way in our church that actually, even though some things were going on in people's lives that were a little bit stranger than what you'd find at Pack and Save, although not always. There's some aisles, the, the organic aisle. You watch out for those ones, <laughs> eh? The international foods aisle. Man, people are whatever. But, but, but I'm talking about like just some stuff, but... I saw a dynamic. So now I'm 15, 16, 17. And I'm thinking, oh, the Holy Spirit. And I had some experiences as well. I'd love to tell you about them. I haven't got the time. Maybe through the series I will. One was particularly odd. I've told my kids about it. Um, it was odd, eh? Am I odd? Anyway, so, 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 but I'm still in this place. But okay, fast forward um, a few years, 2002, three. I find myself as the youth pastor of this church. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> like, whoa, like, what were they thinking? But it happened. And I found myself in a place where now on a regular basis, I'm needing to um, communicate God, God's truth to young people. Young people of all the people, of all the people. I've got a joke, but I don't know if I should tell it. Young people only want, only want to know three things, Christian young people. They only want to know about sex. They only want to know about the end times. And they only want to know, will there be sex during the end times? That's all they want to know. What? What? Jared told me it. So. <laughs> so anyway, I'm. What? So I. <laughs> oh. So anyway, I'm here in front of these teenagers who probably only want to know about that. And I'm. I'll be real honest, I, was, I just felt like there was a, 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 a power or a force or just, I felt a bit orphaned. I'd stand on this very stage sometimes and just feel like right out there. And I had to rethink the line I'd drawn. I thought, well, I, I kind of thought I knew the Holy Spirit and the odd things that went on, but I'm not sure anymore. And there was one other coinciding event that happened with that. I started to see someone model it that totally changed my paradigm. And that person was a gift, but he wasn't the gift Jesus was talking about. It was Brent. So Brent obviously was the senior pastor. That, in that season, I was the youth pastor, and I'd just watch him. He loved to scallop, and he loved to fish. And, he, and don't ever, ever, like I don't, I pray he never hears this, but don't ever go behind a boat on a biscuit when he's driving it. Don't ever. 
Yeah, concussion. Yeah. So don't ever do that. He's just, he's just a, a bloke's bloke. He's a real guy raising a real family. But I tell you what, whenever there were things that needed a, a, a force, when we didn't want to feel like orphans, when there was stuff that we needed God's help with, he would pray and there was a dynamic. So I said to God, that's it. I can't do this anymore without this thing. I was 22, 23. And I had to make a full-on decision, a full-on decision that I needed this dynamic. So this is what I did. Are you ready for it? I prayed. And I probably at times over-prayed a wee bit because, because the Spirit is funny. It's, you can't, you can't um, force His arm up His back. He's not an idiot. He knows you need Him. So, you're not, so you don't want to strive. You know what I mean? You don't want to strive. So I saw Brent not striving. He just, there was a power. So I was like, okay, cool. So I just started talking to God. I need your Holy Spirit. And I would then stand in front of these young people and a different kind of thing would happen. I hadn't really changed. I hadn't really, nothing really had, I hadn't changed my strategy other than him. But there was a dynamic. There was stuff going on. And, and, and so this is what I did. For the first season of that, I just literally did what Brent did if he was not in the room. Have you ever heard Paul say to Timothy, imitate me as I imitate Christ? If you want to imitate another believer, go flipping for it. We know the world are trying to imitate everyone else. So I would literally, this one ministry trip I, trip I did, I'd not only do it here on a Friday night, but I would just think, this is what I'd think in those early days. What would Brent do? It was WWBD. That's what it was. I got, a, I got an embroidered bracelet. It was brilliant. Christian joke. And so, yeah, so... So one ministry trip, I remember, I was in Whangarei, of all the places. Someone invited me to speak during this kind of season. And I just, I just went for it. I mean, there's probably a little bit of tambourine here and there. But man, something broke out in that service. Something just took off. And I just started by thinking, well, how would Brent do it? Then soon enough, within a couple of years of that, do you know what? And this is kind of what I really want to talk about this morning is that actually I began to think, well, awesome. But I wonder how Graham might do it. And because I kind of found my, my feet, training wheels off, I began to actually find that the Holy Spirit wanted to work through me in a way that worked with me. And, and that's been the journey, guys. Because God's never, if you're going to do God's work, He's never going to leave you as an orphan. He's never going to leave you out there hoping it's going to work out. Now, I can't guarantee the results, that's why we have faith. But you know what? Why should it only be for me? Aren't you? Aren't you all about bringing his kingdom here as well? Aren't you about following Christ? Don't you not want to be an orphan sometimes too? Don't you have situations with your own kids that you'd love to get a shikiraba on? Don't you? If you don't know what that is, do the, what is it? The grow course. But you know, like, like, like seriously, don't you have moments I remember one moment last year, we had this guy, and um, with this guy, I'd, I'd been, um, actually, I'd met with him five times, and just, he'd had some stuff, and I couldn't work out what was going on. There was something not quite right, and I'd asked him some difficult questions, but no, nothing, no movement, and he was drifting more and more away from really what I'd say is good community, and it's a little bit of a sign some stuff's going on when that starts happening. So about the fifth or sixth um, conversation, I message him, 
And, and, and just before I message him, I'm like this. You ready? Holy Spirit, something has to change. I'm done with meeting up with this guy so many times. I mean, I love you and everything, but, you know, I mean, everyone. Whatever. Um, I, I, but, but this has just gone on too long. Like, this, something's not right. So I, so I just said, Holy Spirit, I really need you to show up because something's got to shift in this guy's life. So I text him, and, and we meet at Taitahuna. And they sit down, shoot the breeze, and then I just say to him, hey, there's something you're not telling me. Just came up out of nowhere. Sometimes the Spirit of God is so intermeshed with who you are that I don't often with the Holy Spirit feel like he's like going, hey, I'm, I'm, I've just arrived now and I'm, and I'm just about to move, so just, just, you know, get ready. I don't feel that. Often I'll just feel a thought come up. Often I'll just feel an impression come up. By the way, at the end of the service, I've asked our night school students to be ready for anyone who would like to hear a fresh word from God. They've been learning and practicing and being trained in the prophetic. The prophetic is a, we'll talk about it in the series as we go on about the gifts of the Spirit. We'll talk about it. But it's one of the ways that we actually can sense what God's saying. And if you're here today and you haven't heard from God or you need to hear from God or you really need a word from God, at the end, when we close everything off, you can just come up and one of our team from that night school are going to come and they're going to pray for you and, and we're believing that they'll have a word from God for you. But it can be like that. So I'm at Tai Tahuna and I look him in the eyeballs and I said, there's something you're not telling me. Something has to shift. What, what's going on? And out of nowhere, it happens. 12 years ago, while I was living in Australia, this thing took place. This, it, it wasn't good either. It was, it was not good. And as he's beginning to say these words, I feel this presence. Feel is a very loose term that I'm using. I sense a presence through Tai Tahuna. Now, I know it wasn't the curry I was about to eat because I hadn't yet eaten it. I'd ordered it. And this presence goes through this room. Seriously, I feel this presence. And as soon as it goes this way, I look up and he bursts into tears, bawling. And it's not like romantic music crying. You know that? You know movies, The Notebook? You're crying either because you love the story or because you know it's 90 minutes of your life, you're never getting back. You know, it's either one. <laughs> hey? And uh, um, it's not that. It's a deep within him weeping. The Holy Spirit had walked into that moment, and that was last year. And I said, hey, I love Tai Tahuna and everything, but we need to go sit in your truck, and I need to pray for you. And we did, and God totally delivered him of something. Graham did not. God did. Sometimes a Graham needs to just step up. That's you. I'm referring to you now. It's a metaphor. And just say, Holy Spirit, I've had enough of this. You need to turn up. You need to turn up. Now, I am not here to tell you what that's going to sound like, look like, feel like, whatever. You just need to know that if you're a believer, what does the Bible say? He's given you the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, you will receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. To do things like that, to help give you thoughts. If you're a business owner here and you're lacking direction, would not the advocate come and teach you all things? Why not? Why can't you say, I don't know what to do next, Holy Spirit? There might be a little bit of a walk you've got to walk out, a bit of a journey you've got to do. If you are not consulting him, you're missing out. You're missing out. He wants to work. He wants to move. And the goal 
What I love about this is that for me, I learned that it wasn't just about how Brent worked in the Spirit. I could work in the Spirit too. And I reckon you should want that for your own life. I reckon you, you might not have a platform exactly like this, but you've got a platform. You've got a sphere. You've got an influence. You've got people in your world. Come, Holy Spirit. I'll give you two scriptures. We'll finish up. Ephesians 1 verse 19 to 20 is a huge key. And it just says, we don't have it on the screen. Paul said, I pray, this was part of his regular prayer life, that you, not just the collective group or not just me, you will understand this incredible greatness of God's power for you who believe. I pray that you'd understand it. Like a lack of understanding, Paul's saying, in this realm is not good because he went on and said it is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honour at God's right hand and heavenly realms. The same power that Jesus operated under is yours and mine. I love that Anthea's going to learn to be a firefighter. Some of us should go to learn how to be fire lighters. Like not literal ones that she has to put out. I'm not saying that. Like arson is not in the Bible. I'm talking about lighting a fire. Can you feel there's a fire even in your soul today? God's wanting to, I, I tell you what it's like. It's just a spark of interest. It's just, oh, I wonder, wonder if something could happen. Yes, it can. Luke chapter 11, I'll finish with this scripture. Jesus now. So I say to you, ask, it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks, receives. The one uh, who seeks, finds. And so the one who knocks, the door's gonna be opened. Ready for this. So all you dads out there, if your kid asks for a fish, do you give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? Like, that's a real important sentence. You should meditate on it this week. Like, like, no, it's my kid. I love him. Okay, cool. So if you are who are evil, and that just means broken, human, okay, know how to give good gifts to your children. Are you ready for it now? How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So you might be sitting here today and going, well, that's good for you, Graham. No, I'll tell you what it was. I needed him. But then the second part of the process was this. I had to start stepping out. I, I didn't feel the Holy Spirit like Pinocchio, you know, pick me up and start to move me. I had this thought, I reckon God wants to move right now. And I would force myself. That trip to Whangarei was a big, bold move. I was young. I was young in ministry. I was young in traveling and doing ministry outside of here. But I took a risk. I stepped out. And if you know anything about God, if you know anything about Jesus, He loves it when we take risks for Him. He loves it when you step out for Him. He loves it when you do that. And I wanna encourage you today, the Spirit, the wonderful counsellor, the one who will strengthen you, the power of God, the wind of the Spirit, the fire of God, the wisdom of God, the, the one who leads, the one who fights for us, the one who empowers us, the one who brings us joy. He wants to come to you and He wants to mesh in with you and He wants you to explore what life looks like with Him. Let's pray. Father, I thank You today for the Word and I thank You today for evidence of the Word. And I'm just praying right now there would be an incredible sense of opportunity that we would start to consider our lives again. Lord, I pray that we would not be orphans. I pray, Lord God, we would not be um, people who are, who are feeling like we're doing this alone. But I pray this series and even this message today 
It would be a turning point that would spark people into a new opportunity and a new reality. Help every person in this, per- in this building today realize that Holy Spirit, you want to come to them and you want to empower them and you want them to carve out what things could look like and to see what could be done with you. And I thank you, Jesus, for Holy Spirit. I thank you for the gift that you gave us. It's so needed. And we thank you today for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so how many of you feel a little bit like encouraged? Okay, cool. The Spirit, I'd like to, I'd like to think about this. I'd like to explore this. Just give us a, a few people. Good. Okay, well, this week, I dare you to just wake up each day and just say, Holy Spirit, I need you. If he turns up and things shake or bake, shake or bake, if, if, you, if, it, if, it, you turn, if he turns up and something like radical happens, so be it. But if it doesn't, you don't need to worry about that. The Spirit of God moves in different ways. I want you to ask this week, and then I want you to step out in Jesus' name. I'm going to hand over to Jared. He's going to um, shut this puppy down. Okay, and then right at the end of that, we are going to open up an opportunity for people who just want to hear from God afresh. Our night school students are ready to roll. I dare you. I just double, triple dare you. If you're just needing, if you've never had that before, you've never been prayed for, you've never experienced God, you can know Him today. You can actually know what it's like to be forgiven, know what it's like to be made new. You can know what it's like. We've got on our next steps card a form that you want to start a relationship with Jesus. That, this honestly could be the starting point for something brand new and something beautiful. So I want to encourage you with that in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God some praise. We trust you enjoyed this message. And if you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch. You can either visit our website or email us at info at annasbrook.co.nz. 